everyone, and welcome to another amazing episode of The Joy of Being for busy working moms and women in business and beyond who are seeking to unplug from their worries and overwhelm to light up with insight and joy. I, your host, mom, and effortless lifestyle coach Marina Pearson, talk to transformational professionals, business owners, and creatives about what it really takes to have a business and life you can truly enjoy. If you enjoyed the show or had any questions, why not connect with me on Instagram at Marina Pearson? Look out for the show's meme and make a comment there, or just click on my story and ask me a question. Alternatively, you can find me on the Joy of Being Facebook group. And if you would like a more personalized touch to live a stress-free life, then why not find out more about the Joy of Being retreat, an intimate four-day profound experience at a luxury venue in Javier, Spain, where you get to experience your inner calm and peace of mind by slowing down and making space. To find out more, email me at marina marinapearson.com with Joy of Being retreat in the title. And welcome to another amazing episode of The Joy of Being. And on today's show, I have the lovely and incredible Nicola Bird. She is the founder of A Little Peace of Mind that helps people overcome anxiety, stress, and overwhelm. And on today's episode, we spoke about her journey with overwhelm and anxiety and how now she is able to run a business that is earning over six figures to really help those that really need it the most. We also spoke about how we can make our journey of leadership a lot easier for ourselves than we usually do. We spoke about how we can actually spend less time at work and enjoy our life, which can actually lead to incredible results. So if you're curious as to how you can work less to achieve more and how you're not responsible for running your own business, then I invite you to listen in and to enjoy. So welcome, Nicola. I'm super excited to have you on today's podcast. I'm a bit of a stalker, actually. (laughs) Should I be worried, Marina? No, No, I'm just really in awe of what you've created in just such a short amount of time. And as I already shared in her bio, Nicola and I come from the same understanding. And so I'm super excited to have her here today because she's got an incredible story to share. So welcome, Nicola. Place I'd love to start is your life is very different for you now than it used to be. Because I know that you suffered a lot of anxiety, a lot of overwhelm, a lot of stress. And I'm curious about your journey to where you are today, which is, I'm assuming that you have those moments, but less so. Thank you for having me, first of all. Yeah, sure. So I guess my experience, just to give you a very quick potted background, is a typical kind of high achieving, look what I did, fast paced, always had to be top of the class, very driven, ambitious individual. Throughout my whole school life, university career, business career, early business career, when I built a software company. I kind of knew that I did things faster than the average person because I could see the results appearing in front of my eyes. And I knew that I was ambitious and I knew that I was driven and I knew that I got results. And I didn't think any of that was a problem. Like I thought that was a benefit. I used to get loads of praise for it and rewarded for it. And so I used that to fuel more work and more achievement and more results. Basically, all my business in life was adrenaline powered. (laughs) 
I can relate to that. Yeah. And I would see results based on that. And I would attribute them to my go-getting style. And then throughout all of that period, I also had this other kind of track of my life, which was going in and out of panic attacks and agoraphobia and stress and anxiety and withdrawing socially and struggling as a parent. But I had never associated, like it was like two separate tracks in my life as far as I was concerned. I had all this amazing stuff happening in my work life, all this crappy stuff happening at home. I never connected the two. It seems so obvious now. Never connected the two until I completely burnt out in 2013. Just was in bed for like three months, couldn't run my business, couldn't take my kids to school, couldn't function, couldn't go to the supermarket, couldn't go out the house, couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. And it was at that time where that was like a wake-up call for me where I just found myself with the thought in my head, there has to be something other than this. There has to be a simpler way. Like There's something wrong here. <laughs> and then over the next few months, I kind of explored the whole concept of simplicity and minimalism and put lots of things in practice in my business and my team. And I cut the whole back end of my business off. And I took my team from like 10 to 2, I think. And I made lots of changes on the outside to simplify my life in a pretty adrenaline project different high achieving kind of way. <laughs> I still haven't identified that that was the problem, I don't think. I thought, I've just got too much on. I've got this crazy life and I've got too much on. I need to cut it back. And so I really went at it from an outside in kind of way, like trying to change my circumstances and everything. And then I decided that it must be the career that I was in, the business, the type of work I was doing that was the problem. And I stumbled across, happened to pick up a book by Jamie Smart called Clarity. Oh, it's the same one I did. And, yeah, because I was like, I don't know, what job should I do? What job? I need to find a better job. I need to find a better career. I need to find a new business. What shall I do? And so Jamie's book, the title of the book, Clarity, that's what I need. If I could just decide what to do, I would be fine. And I picked up that book and it was not, as you probably had the same experience, it wasn't what I was expecting at all. Through reading that book, it led me to other teachers and other programs and other books and other ways of exploring the, the fact of how our experience of life was created on the inside, not from what was going on on the outside. A whole background in personal development and psychology degrees coming out of my ears, I kind of knew that. But if you'd looked at me, you'd have no idea that I knew that at all. I didn't know that at all. And so that started a big journey of exploration for me over the last five years, it is now, four and a half years, to where I am today, where I still seem to create pretty epic results. Yeah, you do. <laughs> That's why I stalk you. I <laughs> want <laughs> what she's got. Yeah. I'm trying to describe how it's different now. I see what happens is the results that I create are kind of nothing to do with me. So whereas before it used to look like, I was the one that was driving, creating, striving, figuring it out, making stuff happen, putting my big girl panties on, doing things that other people wouldn't. I see my experience much more as I show up at my desk and I do what I'm told by a greater intelligence that runs my business for me. So there's something bigger than me that runs my business. This is what it looks to me now. There's something bigger than me that runs my business. It's like my CEO. And I show up to my desk and I just do what I'm told. I don't have to figure out anything. 
I don't have to push myself. I don't have to get a certain number. I don't need to think, is that the right thing to do or not the right thing to do? I just do what I'm told, like minus so much of the noise. And so I just have a nicer experience of being, I don't have to figure any of it out. I also don't really get to take credit for the results either, but I still seem to get a lot done. But what I do now is I actually do a lot less, but it has a bigger impact. I think before I was working, 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 working so hard, trying to figure things out, trying to work out the direction of the business. You know, I'd set my sales targets and then I'd say, well, what do I have to do to get between this number, where I am today to where I want to be? And what are the steps required? And am I prepared to do them? Yes. If so, implement, right? And that's how I ran my business and my life. And now I've got no goals. I have no, actually, that's not true. I made one up this week. But apart from that, I have no goals. I don't know where it's going. I just show up and do what I'm told. And it's so much quieter inside my head. And I haven't had a panic attack for years and anxious from time to time, but like a normal person does. And I have a lovely, fulfilling life with my kids and my family and the people around me and all that good stuff as well. Apart from the days when I don't, obviously, because I'm a human being. But it's so much nicer being in business. And I do see that everything that gets achieved is despite me, not because of me. And that is a game changer, I think, when you're in business. If you think it's all on you, the pressure is humongous. When you realize it's got nothing to do with you and the best thing you can do is get out of the way. The more absent I am from my business, the less of me there is in my business, the much better it does. That's kind of, I don't know if that answers your question. But let's start there. Oh, well, I'm just sitting here going, oh, thank you for that. Because it's something that I'd seen, but I've seen it again. And I've been reminded of it again today. When I look back at all, this podcast is born from the CEO telling me that I needed to do this, who I need to Mm. interview and when I need to interview them and how it needs to be done. And even the title of the podcast, Yeah, there's something brewing, like there's a new path brewing. And I'm not sure where it's going to lead, but there's definitely, it's interesting for so many years, I was like, oh, I've got to do this online program thing. I've got to, but suddenly there's this new fresh take on that. And I'm actually quite excited about creating an online business. Yeah. It's really interesting because if you'd asked me that about five months ago, I would have said, no way, I'm done with that. But something new and fresh has taken its place. There isn't the sense that it's all on me. You said it so succinctly and beautifully. Thank you, Nicola. That was really beautiful. That's all right. And you kind of get handed things that you're not expecting as opposed to thinking you've got to figure out, right, I've got 12 months in the year, so what am I going to do every month of the year? I much more show up now and go, I've got no idea. And then ideas, like things will come to my head that I know to do. And it's like, really? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And just following that and having no idea where it's going to lead. Or knowing that you can have a really good guess at where the podcast is going to go or where meeting that next person is going to take you or what that next coaching client is going to bring you. And actually, you have no idea whatsoever. And letting go of the idea that, oh, I must be getting called to do an online program because I'm supposed to reach all these people and I'm this is going to happen and then that will happen. It's like, I just don't even bother entertaining those ideas so much anymore. I mean, I do sometimes I do pipe dreaming and daydreaming about where it could all end up. 
And then I screw up the bit of paper and throw it in the bin and just get back to like doing what I know to do in this moment. And it's almost like at the end of the year, you get to look back and see what got created. You never have to figure it out in advance. You just get to look back and go, wow, that's cool. Yeah, I never knew I was going to create that. Yeah, like if it was up to me, the year never would have panned out that way, right? But you look back and you go, wow, look at the, my God, I spoke on stage. I don't speak on stages. I launched a podcast. I don't even know how to do that, right? It's like, I don't know, just being in the flow of constantly on the edge of the unknown. Like you don't know how to do the things that come to mind. And somehow they seem to unfold and then they either bomb horrendously or they get picked up and some energy gets delivered into them and they start to have a life of their own, you know? Like, and you never know. No, you just never, ever know. And I think that's been my biggest learning with all of this too, is I used to think, oh, if I do this, then that will happen. And then that will happen. Then no, I don't. But it's just what you're being drawn to and what you're being called to. And to me, the where the energy wants to go and what you're being drawn to, that kind of justice really... But I think something that you just said actually there is really key that's behind it. The reason my business operates like that now is because I'm comfortable with uncertainty. I'm comfortable with the unknown. And I never used to be. I was the worst kind of control freak. So I would want to know where my income was coming from, how many sales of what program, what bit of my sales funnel I could manipulate here to get a result there. Like it was all about controlling. and. Part of what I've learned over the last five years and have got an immense appreciation for that I never had before is the beauty and the answers and the solutions and the ideas that come from the unknown. I love living without knowing what I'm going to create next week. But that's because I've spent some time exploring like where creativity really comes from. The best answers, the best programs, the best future offerings for clients They don't exist in your data bank of files of your past experience in your business and your knowing what to do and latest business book that you just read. They exist in the unknown. You don't know them yet. It's like they land in your head from the unknown. And those are the ones that are the sustainable, beautiful, excellent, inspired business ideas. So I have an appreciation for sitting in uncertainty that I never felt comfortable in before. And that's just through understanding it more. I think one of the key differences for me is the movement from control freak to what's your business strategy, Nick? Well, I wing it. (laughs) That's it. It's God-led. Yeah, I just do what I'm told and I wing it and I make it up as I go along. We were talking about this last night, actually, where this idea that money is the issue, but actually I kind of explored the idea of creativity again, which is not knowing that you're going to create something and suddenly it comes to you and you create it. And then from there, someone wants to buy it off you. And before you know it, you've created this incredible business that you never even thought about. You know, we were talking about people that we knew that had happened to them where, give me an example, a friend of mine has just, I think he launched the chocolate company maybe at the beginning of this year. And it's just gone bonkers. It's called Heavenly. And basically Mm. it's no sugar, no milk, no dairy, because he was looking for really yummy chocolate that he could make for his kids that didn't contain all the rubbish. Mm. His friends, you know, would come over and have some, they'd be like, wow, this is amazing. And then from there, they've just created this entire selection of chocolate and they actually have grown so quickly. 
that they're like, <laughs> we've got so much demand. Oh my yeah. God. But that all came from him wanting to just kids some chocolate that he wanted to create in the kitchen. Over and over again, you hear, I used to listen to like entrepreneurial podcasts and business podcasts and get totally inspired by the stories of people and women's hour, actually, and hear the stories of these amazing women creating charities and businesses out of nothing. Before, I used to get so inspired by the form, right? So I'd hear the story of your friend with their chocolate company and go, oh, yeah, chocolate company, that would be great. And I can't believe that he found something his kids would want. And then the business grew and then he did this and then he did that. And I'd get really caught up in what the thing was that the person created or get caught up in the feeling behind like the kind of in adrenaline brush and burst and excitement and inspiration that I'd feel from hearing someone else's business success. What I realized that I was hearing in every single story was, and then this idea occurred to me, I could make some chocolate for my kids. So I did. And then this idea occurred to me to invite my friends around for dinner. And I did. And they came around and they said, can we try some of your chocolate? And they said, oh, you should sell this. But I didn't take them seriously. And then one day, an idea occurred to me in the shower. I could sell this and put this online. And then I put it online and then nobody bought it. And then it occurred to me to do so-and-so and take it to a charity event or whatever, some random, there's normally some random factor in there. And so I did. And then this celebrity bought it and it went global or whatever, right? And it's what I started to hear in every story that was the same. When I wasn't trying to figure it out, this idea landed in my head. And I love the idea. Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this in her Big Magic book. But I love the idea. There's like all these business ideas and opportunities, ideas for anything in life. But when we're interested in business, they're kind of floating in the ether above our heads. And they're just waiting for us to have a gap, like a moment of quiet so they can bounce into our brains and go, you know, for me, that's my online software company. I was just sitting managing my own business on a sofa in New Zealand. And this idea landed in my head, oh, you could do this better than whatever the software was I was using. Out of nowhere, out of the blue. And I love the quieter our minds are, the more that those ideas can visit us. But what we do if we don't understand that is we get really busy in our minds trying to figure out how to create the next big thing. We don't realize it's not on us. We don't have to figure out the next big thing because the best thing we'll do is create some Frankenstein <laughs> out of all our past memories and ideas and other people's ideas that nobody will really like. It's not Frankenstein things are never very pretty. When our minds start to quiet down a bit, when we realize it's not on us, like, beautifully simple concepts for land that just are like no-brainers that are, where did that come from? That's behind every business success story you'll ever hear. So I'm much more curious in where do those beautiful ideas come from? What if it's not on me? What if I don't have to figure it out? And as a result, my mind quietens and I just get a delivered a stream of tailor-made beautiful ideas that only I could ever implement. It's like, how cool is that? You just be the recipient of it rather than the creator of it in a way. A whole different way of being in business. Yeah, totally. It's funny that you mentioned Elizabeth Gilbert. to had the same kind of conversation with another guest. And we were talking about the same thing, you know, that the, the idea comes and visits you and then you don't listen, and then it goes off somewhere else. <laughs> Someone who's a little bit more open. Yeah. Yeah, well, if we're so busy, I always think we've got almost like a kind of like a fan inside of our 
brains that's whirring really, really, really fast. And if it is whirring really fast with all the noise and your concerns about you and your life and what your customers will think and will they buy this and I'm not sure if I like this and maybe I'm not confident enough to hit publish and what if nobody likes it. When you're caught up in all that self-doubt and thinking about you and trying to figure out your business, your fan is whirring so fast that those creative ideas just they try and get in, but they just bounce off the sides, right? It's like trying to throw things at a fan that's going really fast. It's like there's no chance of a intelligently inspired idea arriving in our minds. And then as we understand, for me, the key was understanding how my mind actually works, which I had never stumbled across before, by the way, in 20 years of personal development and psychology degrees. Stumbling across the way the mind really works slowed my fan down. And as my fan slows, there's more space for intelligently inspired ideas to arrive. And also a sense that there's time to implement them. Because there's one thing actually having the ideas arrive and there's another thing actually doing something with them, right? No. (laughs) Yeah, that's never been my problem. (laughs) Implementation, I'm, and this is why I think the insights and the understandings we get are so perfect for us. For a lot of people, they experience a lot of ideas and then they think they procrastinate. Where they get caught up in their thinking is like, why can't I ever implement any of this stuff? And for me, my problem is, why when I get an idea, have I implemented it 20 minutes later? And as a result, now have 53 new websites and 25 new businesses and 17 new programs I seem to have launched in the last 24 hours. Right? <laughs> oh my God, what a mess I've created. An implementation problem, mine was, I struggled more with over-implementation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is that I had no idea. I thought that. A few different misunderstandings. But one of the things that I really misunderstood is I thought that this, I don't know, I guess I thought that there was only going to be a certain number of creative ideas that I would receive, that they were somehow limited in supply. So I had to implement every one of them because if I didn't capture them and turn them into something in the world of form, they'd be gone. And they were all such brilliant ideas. And so the gap between idea and implementation for me was almost fueled out of insecurity that if I don't do something with this, it's going to be gone or someone else will get it or it won't happen. And so I'd implement, implement, implement really, really fast. And that on its own would then rev up a whole pile of adrenaline, which I'd then fuel to help me implement more and implement more. And then my levels of insecure thinking would go up. So I would be receiving more ideas. And then I'd just be creating my own ideas and just making a mess out of everything. Like everywhere I looked, there was the debris of half completed projects. (laughs) Now for me, I've seen the fact that this intelligent supply of amazing business stuff is limitless and endless. If you don't grab this idea, there'll be another one along in five minutes. So you don't have to grab every idea that comes past. And for me, there's now more of a pause, and this is really new for me, but a a more of a pause between idea and implementation, more of a realization that if this is actually something you want to do, it'll probably still be there in a couple of weeks. But I noticed that 99% of the ideas that I get all fired up about and I would have implemented, two weeks later, they've gone back into the formless, off into someone else's head, I don't know. But the ones that stick around, the ones that I'm interested in. And in fact, what I noticed, the main difference, actually, as I'm talking to you now, what I see is that actually really most of them don't stick around. And what's happening instead is I'm far more content with what I'm actually already doing. 
and really enjoying what I'm doing now as it is now, rather than always thinking about, well, what's next and what's next and what can I create next and what can I create next and what's going to, how do I improve it and how do I make it better? Which all my ideas were kind of coming from that space. And now most of the ideas that jump into my head that I think I want to implement, they're just usually just reflections of me being insecure in the moment and thinking that things need to be different than they are right now. And this is really new for me, but over the last couple of months, as I've seen that more and more, the solid base, the valuable stuff that I've been doing over the last year since I've been creating the little peace of mind, that's just building and getting stronger because I'm not constantly being distracted by shiny bright objects. Oh, yeah, the shiny penny syndrome. Tell me about it. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm dreadful for that because, well, I also had the belief that I could juggle 50 bright, shiny pennies at the same time. That's no problem. I'm a multitasker. But actually, I see that the less those bright, shiny objects distract me, because they only ever distract me when I'm in an insecure state of mind, right? They only ever appear when it's like, what else can I do? What else can I do? It's like when I've got my bright penny eyes on, and I'm scouring the horizon for bright penny ideas. There's plenty of them if you want them. (laughs) But now I'm just not looking. So I don't tend to see them quite so much. I totally hear you because I used to be like that too. It would be like, oh, what about this? And what about that? Yeah. That's what happened. I don't know if this happened to you, Nicola, where where I went to every single seminar there was to go because <laughs> I felt like I was missing out if I didn't. So, you know, I went to the how to make loads of money in like five minute seminar and then sign up to the program. I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll sign up to the program. And then I'll go into the program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, haven't you got anything more expensive? I want to work with the best, the highest level I can. Yeah. Yeah. But also since I like around that area, you know, when I was thinking about what did I want to talk about on this podcast today, and I sent you a kind of an idea of, you know, the self-help junkie type thing. And that like just seemed something so cool over the weekend. And it was just as it often is, like a throwaway comment. I was talking to my husband about, a girl that I know. And I was talking to him and I said, you know what, it strikes me as a bit weird. But this girl spends, obviously, by looking at her, and because I know her a little bit, she spends every hour of the day in the gym sculpting her body to look amazing. And having surgery and bits of herself enhanced and augmented and all sorts, so that she can look amazing. And I was just throwaway comment, commenting to my husband, like, isn't it a shame to spend your whole life running on a treadmill inside a gym and pushing weights so that you can look amazing in life, but never actually be in life? And he said to me, that's what I think when you read self-help books, Nick. And it just hit me. Oh my God. But I spent hours, like if I have a spare hour, I will jump onto a YouTube video or I'll pick up one of my many books in my Kindle or I'll create a new program about something I'm interested in seeing more about or suddenly flashed up in front of my eyes. But how many hours a day I might look at, watch a YouTube video in order to see more about how to have a happy life so that I can have a better life when all my family is sitting outside having a barbecue together. All my kids are sitting watching TV in the other room and I'm watching a video on how to be a better parent. And I had this experience of all of that falling away and just seeing 
how perfect that I literally, I've been teaching this for years, but you know, when you suddenly see something for yourself, I have everything I need. I don't need any more. And with that one simple insight, I am like at least 12 hours down on personal development time that I would have spent over this bank holiday, probably squirreling in the odd half hour here and there and had the most wonderful, present, fulfilling weekend with my kids and family and friends. I hadn't realized how much of my time that I'd been spending trying to develop myself. It, you know, you have an insight like that, and it gives you back four hours a day. <laughs> I don't know if it was actually four hours a day, but it's like the amount of time and money that I always am spending on programs and mentors and learning more and seeing more. And to realize I have everything I need is huge. You know, I dropped the whole business marketing, how do I make six figures while I sleep kind of programs a long time ago, like four, four years ago, five years ago. What I hadn't realized is that I'd replaced that with personal self-help junkie seeking behavior. And when I had that insight this weekend, it's like, oh my God, 25 years I've been doing that. Like I've missed half my life because I've been thinking about how to have a better one. And it's just, <laughs> I'm still reeling with the aftershocks of that one. That's so cool, Nicola. But that always thinking from that sense of lack, thinking that we need more, we need more money, we need more clients, we need more knowledge, we need more understanding, we need to work out how to do this, we need to work out how to do that. And that operating from that sense of lack determines how we spend our every day. Mm. Like what if you had enough clients? What if you had enough money, even if it really doesn't look like that? What if you have the perfect amount of money that you're always supposed to have right now in this moment for this moment? Because you do, otherwise you wouldn't, right? Like, what if you had enough clients? What if you had enough money? What if you had enough parenting skills? What if you weighed the perfect amount, no matter what it says on the scales? What if it was all perfect, just as it is right now in this moment, and that the future was taken care of for you, and you didn't have to figure it out, that it's always perfect, and it always is, because if it wasn't, it wouldn't be then there's nothing you need to do to change any of it. But you know that change will happen because it always does. That's a done deal. That's taken care of. And then you're just along for the ride. And you just get to enjoy all of it now, today, in this moment, no matter what the various arbitrary numbers are. Like That's very different from how I used to be in life. Yeah, I so resonate with your story, Nicola. <laughs> More than you know. Funnily enough, one of the seminars I was in... <laughs> I just remember Chipman saying the work starts when you leave the room. It's like, just forget about all of this stuff and just go and enjoy your life. And to me, that was such a breath of fresh air. It wasn't like now go and work on your life. Now you need to go work on your life and miss your life because you're working on it. Mm. No, it's just about being in life and experiencing it. And this has made such a profound difference to me too, because I didn't realize how much of my life was consumed by guilt of not working. Now it's just really like, you know, we'll get off the podcast later on today. Mm. I'm going to go to some stuff for the house and, you know, spend a really nice afternoon with my partner. It's such a different way of being because that's really what life is about. It's just those moments. No, I was just going to say, like, when you see that on a practical level, this is how my diary looks different. So today I have lots of meetings back to back, right? But what I would normally do, and I've just recently moved out of an office and back to my home office, actually, because what I would do at the office is I'd go in at eight, 
and I'd be there till six and then I'd just fill the time with busy work in between. And I'd have a couple of coaching clients and then I would fill up the time with some, I don't know, self-help videos or like, well, I need to watch this stuff because I want to be a better coach for my clients, right? Like I totally just, it like looked totally rational to me. And I was never sitting there going, I'm not enough, so I need to watch these videos. I would always justify it with like, the more I learn, the better I can help my clients. The more I see about what it is that I teach, then I'll be able to help my clients more. I, I hadn't made the connection that the more I live my life and be in life, the better I am. <laughs> the more I enjoy my life, the more that impact that has on my clients than anything. And so what it looks like on a practical level is instead of my default being at my desk, just filling time at my desk, that my default is away from my desk. And then I come to my computer to do a podcast, or I come to my computer to do a client call, or to answer some email. And then I walk away and I'm in my life. And away from my desk is more of a default. Now, I've had this experience before for a few months. And what I created in those two or three months when I was away from my desk as a default is that I'd be busy playing Monopoly with the kids or going shopping with my husband or sitting out in the garden or whatever. And in that quiet, an idea would arrive in my mind about, oh, I'll just go and send this email or I'll just go and post this in Jamie Smart's Facebook group or whatever it was, like a really tiny little simple idea. that I'd walk in, I'd spend five minutes doing, then I'd go back out and sit in the sunshine. And the next time I'd come to my desk, the impact was exponential. So like I'd come in and instead of having spent hours at my desk trying to figure out how to get five new clients, I'd have five new clients based on that one post or that one email. And that blew my mind Mm. how much leverage there is in understanding this conversation in business because you can enjoy your life and then step into your office, do one thing that has a huge impact, step out of your office back into your life and let all that ripples of what you just did take effect without you, and then come back in and do the next step. So on a practical level, diary looks more like going out shopping with your partner this afternoon rather than sitting at your desk trying to figure out more ways to bring in money. And as a result, you go out, have a lovely afternoon with your partner. And if there's a brilliant business idea or the next new program to arrive, it's far more likely to do it weirdly in ikea than it is if you're sitting at your desk so it's like win-win you get to skive off all the time enjoy your life and know that that's the best thing you could be doing for your clients how did i not see this before (laughs) when you see it right i remember the beginning of this year nicola I thought I was having a bit of a mini breakdown. I'm like, I can't, how is this possible? I've done so much fucking work. Like, how is this possible? Like, I'm just like, I'm not making any money. And it was a big drama anyway. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do exactly the opposite of what I usually do, yeah. which is just get on the computer and do lots of stuff. I'm actually going to not do any of that. I'm going to binge watch The Good Wife. I am going yeah. to, which I did, by the way. My God, what an incredible program. I yeah. binge watched all eight seasons within... I think about six weeks. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think we probably did it at the same time. (laughs) Um, I then did a lot of cooking. Two things I've been putting off was acting and singing. And so I decided to go and join acting group here in Avia because I had loads of excuses of why I couldn't do it because of my son, because of my son. I don't have time. I've got to be on my business. 
And I was like, well, no, it's obvious that that's never going to happen if I don't just take action. So I went and took action. What happened as a result was this insight, which has actually totally revolutionized my life. And I not seen it. I thought I didn't think this until I saw something new, which was, oh, I know that success isn't about having a big business. Oh, I know success isn't about having money in the bank. I know that. But I didn't really know it because the next piece of information was, what if success looks like you just enjoying your life? That was a really new thought for me. And I thought I knew it Mm. until I saw it. And I was like, holy crap, really? Oh, wow. Oh, oh, I could do that today. I am doing, yeah. I'm successful already. I don't need to strive towards this image of success that I'd had in my head for so long. And you see what that looked like practically was not being able to ask. Okay. I'm saying you can't see me in inverted commas, influential people to be on this podcast, for example. Oh no, they're too successful or they're too busy. I can't ask. I had a hierarchy in my head of people in my industry, people that I know who were successful because I didn't think I was because I didn't have X amount in the bank or I didn't have a big business or I didn't have clients. But what I hadn't seen as a success for me right now is just enjoying my life. That's changed the play field like massively in terms of who I speak to, who I connect to, who I want to spend time with and what I want to spend my time doing. Yeah. It just amazes me how one insight changes everything. And then what you do as a result of your world changing before your eyes just looks different. And I think in business, we so often get caught up with the, well, what do I do about this? What do I do about that? For me, seeing much more, why would you need to figure that out? That thought is the only thing that's stopping you enjoying it being as it is right now. And the more we enjoy life as it is right now, somehow our businesses tend to thrive as a result of that because that is one of the most valuable things we can ever offer our clients and we can't offer our clients unless it's true for us. It's so true. And you know, it's interesting, the types of people that are showing up now, Nicola, are the exact clients I want and that I've been wanting for years. But because I wasn't living it yet, Mm. I thought I was being, you know, authentic, congruent, whatever you like to call it. But I now see that really to be true that they come to me and think that success is about the car, the this, the that, the other, but actually it's just about enjoying our life because otherwise what's the point, right? Yeah, that was my wake up. It's like, oh, great, I've created a million-dollar business. I've got my dream house, my dream car, my three healthy kids and my sexy, handsome husband and a dog to boot, and I'm as miserable as sin. Like, what's the point? What do I do now? Make another million? Why? It's like the first one didn't work hang on a minute, there must be something more to life than this. And that was my wake-up call. And from there on in, it's just been a series of seeing something new and it changes the world around you, and then seeing something new and it changes the world around you, and seeing something different and it changes the world around you again. It's like that's just how it works when you bump into truth. And it, it's like you've accidentally knocked open this first door of truth, and then other doors just get knocked open as a result of that first one. You don't have to do any of it. You just get carried along for the journey. It's awesome. There's something in, you know, when you were saying that we have everything that we need and so forth and so on. And there's also something in learning new stuff, like just practical things. Like, for example, I'm just putting this out there because of where I'm at right now. But, you know, creating an online business, for example, I have no idea how to do that. 
there's value in actually learning from someone else who's done it already, but not necessarily Mm. to take on like, well, this is exact steps. You can change those steps. There are just some practical stuff that you can learn from other people that are actually can be also really valuable. Yeah. Like one of the things it's funny, you said like, you know, starting to get interested in acting and singing. I find myself, I've had, we've got a really large garden here and I've never taken any notice of it with the result that it's massively overgrown and hideous. And over the last couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, I've taken on a project to created a project of sorting out our front garden. And we've got bits of roses and we've got, you know, there's little bits of plants that are in there. I've got no idea what grows in shade, whether you put things in pots or in the ground what kind of soil you're supposed to have, what's a root and what's a weed and what's a plant, like how much work it takes, like none of it. And so, yeah, I have a couple of gardening books that I've bought so that I can learn the difference between a plant and a weed and know that this plant is good to plant at this time of year and not at that time of year. Now, I could wing it and make it up as I go along, but there's some fundamental knowledge about what plants grow in shade and what grow in the sun that's really helpful if I'm not going to waste a load of time and money just blatantly ignoring some of the rules of nature. So yeah, there's some fundamental things in business that it's helpful to know. Like (laughs) if you turn a profit, you'll probably stay in business longer, right? (laughs) Or if you don't ask people to buy from you, they probably won't. And things like that, that are real fundamental basics of running a business. But pretty much anything that we need information-wise, here's what I'm saying. A lot of what we need information-wise, we can just Google. Because information is freely available left, right, and center. But then how we navigate and what our next step is, like that's that's kind of more comes from us. And so there's a beautiful dance of the two. And I think we get very, uh, certainly I used to get very enraptured in the source of information and the form of how one should run a business or how one should grow a garden versus learning the basic facts and information and then using your intuition to wing the rest of it, you know? Yeah, I love that, Nicola, because it gives it breath and it gives it breath and space and magic to then sort of for that to be the vehicle of the journey and the outcome. So yeah, I'm really mindful of the time. I know, we'll have to do a second part, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to because I think you and I could carry on talking until the cows come. Yeah, for the next three days. Yeah. <laughs> so, my love, if someone wants to contact you, how can they do that? The best place to go is probably my website, which is a littlepieceofmind.co.uk. And that's where what I'm up to at the moment is I help people with panic attacks and anxiety and stress. And I have one business coaching program that you can find somewhere scrolled away in the bottom of that website. But Primarily, that's the focus of my work at the moment is helping people who are up against some of the things that I was up against for 20 years in terms of just awful feelings of stress and panic to totally transform their relationship with that. But there's a whatever you want to contact me about, there's a contact form on that website that I can be reached through. So that's probably the best place to go to find me. Cool. And the link will be at the bottom of the show notes anyway. So Nicolette, thank you so much for being on here today. Thank and you. it's been such a delight to actually go from stalker to know you and to actually admit that I have been a stalker. <laughs> I feel so <laughs> much better now. I can probably sleep like a baby tonight. So, um, yeah. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Obviously, like this is just some of my favorite stuff that I love to sit and shoot the breeze about. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to do just that. 
Yeah, so thanks. And for everybody that's listening, until the next time, bye-bye for now. And there you have it, another wonderful episode of The Joy of Being. If you loved what you heard here today and it's been helpful, why not subscribe or share the podcast with others? And if you're curious as to how you can experience more joy in your life and feel carefree, then I invite you to download your Joy Catalyst Scorecard at www.marinapearson.com slash scorecard, which will help you identify the joy gaps and what you can do to fill them. And remember, you can find me on Instagram at Marina Pearson or my Facebook group, The Joy of Being. So until next week's episode, remember, you are the joy you seek.